god. Whoa. What? The, the, everything just lit up because you're on the mic. Oh, I am? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, you're screaming. Oh. Kelly, you are now the official disruptor of the podcast. Why? Because the premise was I was just grabbing people from their work oh. and not explaining what was going on. Right. And they would come in here and talk about creativity just off the cuff and it was raw and it was dirty and every single person was upset by what they said and they wanted to record it and I wouldn't let them. And then you made notes because you already had a chance to listen to the podcast because I I put them up. I did. You're a cheater. I'm not a cheater, (laughs) but I did take too much time to think about it. So is that then creativity? Are you going to have creative answers? I don't know. I was hoping that the points would lead us to a further discussion that had nothing to do with what I wrote down. Okay. Well, okay. I did 10 episodes. I started putting them up. I immediately started getting feedback from people. So designers, other agencies, editors, that sort of thing. And I'm ignoring all the feedback because okay. I want it to be gritty and raw. And one of the things that everyone gave feedback on was I don't introduce myself and I don't properly introduce the guests. And my answer to that is if you ha- are still listening to this, then you don't care anymore about who I am. And the person I'm talking to, their name and their job title is in the description. So why would I need to introduce you? You've already read the description. You've already downloaded the podcast. Right. Like, what does our background really matter? Unless it comes up. We're just people in the world. Creatives. We're all creatives. Yeah. Right. You're a designer. But I want to go. I'm not even going to start with questions. I want to go right to your notes since you went ahead and made notes. What did you write down? Well, I was preparing for the question of what is creativity and really trying to think, like nail it down like a philosopher even though nobody really knows the answer. I even tried to like Google it. I watched a few TED Talks. (laughs) Nobody really has an answer. It's totally different for every person, which is I think why this was a great idea for a podcast. But what I eventually came to was creativity is seeing and thinking differently about things. So it's really just a way of coming at things from different different points of view and being really, really open-minded so that you can allow other other ideas to come into your head. Mm-hmm. I was about to say solutions, but you don't always use creativity yeah. for solving problems. And I think for you, there's aspects of that that are certainly elevated. So to come at things from a certain angle, you need the curiosity first to go to yes. go in that direction. You're one of the most curious people I've ever met, I'm in- potentially. I'm incredibly curious. Yeah, that was so my many questions. I think that you have to be curious to be creative because if you're not curious about things and you're not actively thinking about them or wondering about them. And if you're not wondering about them, you're not being creative. So I asked many people, can anybody be creative? So if someone is not curious by nature, does that mean they can't be creative? Well, I think that they can learn to be. They can learn to be curious. But you have to want to be curious. I definitely think that there's some people in this world who will just never have an open mind, but it's I think it's more because they won't come across some sort of mind-altering experience that forces them to think differently. And I'm not sure what that's a product of. Like, are are they a product of the way they were raised or where they were raised or how they were brought up? Maybe the people around them never thought deeply about anything at all and were just sort of people that just went with things the way they were, took things as is, didn't really care enough or have enough love of life to really want to change anything about it. Yeah. So where did your curiosity and creativity come from? Because I think mine came from one, my dad was a reader, passed that on to me. So I was a reader. And so I was constantly exploring new worlds in that way. And two, I was super shy. So I was always observing. And I think curiosity came from the observation because it was a, a driver one way or the other. Like I am not going to engage, so I'm going to observe and take what I can 
and learn what I can. But you always liked reading. Always liked reading. And you think that was the start of it? I think so. There was definitely a moment in college. I mean, when I was in my art classes, I think UConn School of Fine Arts like opened up my mind so wide. But I do think it was already like a little bit more open from the get-go, but I don't know what it was from. I can't imagine you got this weird just in college. Yeah. I've always been a little odd, but when I think of myself when I was younger, I, I can't think of anything that was really different than other people. I always loved playing pretend. Like I loved playing with dolls. I loved setting up my own school of witchcraft and wizardry with my friends and and being the instructor of magic and like little things like that which I think is creativity but a lot of children are creative so it was just like a point at which my creativity I think like stayed at a level and everybody else is sort of like decreased when they got older but I always loved being curious about the world and like I don't know I felt like a need like to be lighthearted and curious and creative and bring things into the world that didn't exist because the world's not a great place. And a lot of the times, like the news would make me really sad. So you're saying your style of creativity, which is very colorful and energetic, lots of illustrations and, and patterns and craziness comes from an escape from reality? Maybe or maybe it's an embrace of reality. Like you're embracing all that is around you with all of your senses. So maybe it's creating like a better reality. A better reality. Yeah. Based off of the terrible news and the shootings and the racism. So you're designing a better reality around us. In a way. I like to think of my work as like aesthetic, but also very like innocent and curious. And I want it to make people, I want people to have like a feeling when they look at my work more than something to think about like there's definitely people out there artists out there who watch the news all the time and they make art out of all the crazy things that are going on in our world to, mm. because they want to say something about it but I've never had the urge to like make work that really takes a stance it's more of just work that creates a feeling in someone or like a curiosity to like look a little closer or look a little deeper or interpret it for yourself because I think that's like the most important thing it's like interpreting things for yourself so how do you apply that that sounds like a lot of the personal stuff you do. Yeah. A lot of that work. But what about, how do you take that? How do you take that interest and that passion or that effort and put that into client work? Are you talking about like that open-minded sort of creativity? Yeah. Getting, like, so, helping someone that? feel something or enticing them to look a little closer. So you're designing something for a brand. How does that play into that? Because sometimes you don't have time to entice someone, move them in closer. You got to tell a story quickly. You got to right. get them to convert or act quickly. Well, I guess I just hope that through doing my personal work, I'll still always come at things no matter what they are from like a certain frame of mind that is very open to begin with. So with client work, it's more just like, how do I use that to my advantage with a goal that's sort of already set? Like, how do you take this brief and come at it with like your own frame of mind? Like, how would you do this? Like if it was your own idea, like if you wanted to make this brand come to life as your company, like what would it be? Like, what would you want to say about it? What would you want people to feel when they looked at it? So I guess it's sort of just channeling that more directly. I remember Anessa yeah. way back in the first episode said something very similar. Here's a question for you, though. If it's always about seeing things differently, how do we maintain that as professional creatives? How do we maintain the ability to always come at something and see it differently? When does it run out? Will it run out? At that point, where do we go? I think it has a lot to do with collaboration and like talking to people around you, even if you're not working in a creative agency where the people aren't around you all the time, like ask your friends, ask your mom, like about what you're doing and sort of get their opinion on it. And then the more opinions that you get, the more your own like mind is growing mm -hmm. to be able to see 
from like those perspectives at other points in your life when they're not there, like you could maybe pull their perspective because really like who we are is just, I like to think of us as like little fragments of everybody we've ever met. So the more people you talk to and get their opinion on things, I think the more it helps open your mind. So but now that's how do we see things differently over and over again? But what happens in the long run? What happens if this ability to take multiple inputs and to create something new? What if that fades? Why would it fade? Well, like if we, if we lack of desire to to grow, maybe you get stuck in a rut where you love your perspective. In your mind, those connections are happening, right? There's all these little connections you're making, little inputs you're getting. So the conversation with your mom, the conversation with a coworker, you're pulling together all these different elements, and it's allowing you to create a different perspective on something, right? A new way to look at something, a new way to solve something. Your brain, based off your curiosity, your ability to connect with others, your ability to to create in your own mind, you need to connect. Is thoughts. a gift, right? It's a it's something you've trained in. Mm-hmm. It's something that you are, I believe, innately more adept at. So my question is, if it is inside of us, we we learn processes to control it, to turn it on and off. But what happens when that on switch doesn't work anymore? You'll always have the ability to ask someone something, right? But it's that's only that only so much is done then. You have to then do the work. Right. You have to put the pieces together. And in your mind, you're there's a natural element of connectivity, right? You're not saying if this, then that, therefore your brain does that for you, right? You have a conversation here, you have a conversation here, and then you go, Oh, right. I got a whole new way of looking at this. I have an idea. And it might right? be totally different from that conversation or that conversation right. completely. But so now that's the trained creative mind. So my question is, is what happens when your brain stops making those connections? Why would that go away? Why would that go away? If we bank our careers on this this function in our brain to do this work for us. We are not in control of our creative efforts, ultimately. So we can all create process around our work, but there's still a part of our brain, this spirit, this energy that is not ours and we can't control. It's never going to go off. It's never, never going to go, go off. Never going like, to go off. If, 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 if you feel like it's off, it's because you're off, you know? Like, look around you. Look at inspiration. Read something. Go so to, go if it's store. never going to go off, do you believe it's innate? It's yours. It'll always be there. Because you are a creative person. Yeah, I would hope so. I definitely think there's people who start off as creative and then get jaded along the way because they sort of lose faith in everything around them. But are you trying to get me to say that creativity is innate? No, I'm just... No, because I think maybe a little bit, but well, I don't know I, I asked the question either. because I think talking to different creatives from the different perspectives, I feel like you're one of those wild spirited creatives that there is a power flowing through you more so than there is a, well, I learned this and I take this approach and anyone can do this. This is a process, not a gift. Gotcha. I feel like you're one of the ones who says, yes, it flows through me. It's a power. It's an energy. I feel it. it. I feel when I'm creative. It's like a way of living. (laughs) I'm always seeing things differently. Most of the time I can't make sense of things what do you mean all by at that? once i don't know i just feel like a lot of times a lot of thoughts will like come through my head and i'll see something or hear something that triggers more thoughts and they're all coming to my head at once and it fills me with this like super ecstatic feeling of just like excitement and like oh my gosh like all these thoughts in my head like i need to put form to them and manifest them somehow but then a lot of times i don't really know how to make sense of those thoughts so that's your creative frenzy yeah a creative frenzy so how do, how do you control that creative frenzy because i know on stuff we've worked on together i've seen that i've seen where you're like i have a hundred ideas i'm gonna put a hundred ideas down but then you struggle to turn a hundred ideas into one that you're actually 
you can move forward with. Right. Maybe it's those last dots that I'm not like that I'm missing. You're like, working toward so a, thoughts a sense of an once. ability to control it. Yeah. And I need to be able to control it, especially here. But I think that's getting a little bit better with just timing myself more, especially on design work, like giving yourself exactly three hours to do this mm-hmm. one task forces the creative frenzy to just kind of like get in a single file line and you're able to like pick things off quicker. If I'm doing that, if I'm timing myself here in design work and just going with my gut more and trusting my gut as a way to solve problems, I think I I still have to have that other outlet where I don't have a problem to solve. And it's more of like this creative frenzy, like answering it by just like asking more questions and like putting a bunch of stuff together. Last night I made a GIF for the first time in like a long time. I just sat down for like an hour and a half after writing my journal for the first time in like years. It was complete stream of consciousness, which I don't think you're you're a big fan of. Or you're not a big fan of just that like mind puke. Oh, I love it. You do? Oh, I love, I love it. it too. And it ended up at this place that made me want to do more than just write. Like I wanted to make something visual. So I didn't know like with this creative frenzy in my brain, like what I was trying to do. I just sort of like put a bunch of things together and waited until it felt right. And then I think that after I made this GIF animation last night, it like healed that part of my of my brain. Like I no longer had this like cloud in my head of that frenzy because it was like manifested now in real life. So it's like, whew. <laughs> what inspired the the sense of the need to make, the need to write, the need to brain dump, all that. Honestly, well, I haven't been doing it as much as I have liked to lately. So it's just that inner frustration and every day that goes by that I'm not creating something just to get those thoughts out of my head. Because I used to do that all the time in high school, like all the time. I have notebooks and notebooks full of like drawings and um, writing. And I haven't done that in a long time, especially since starting here, because this digital surgeons takes up a lot of your time and it's super fulfilling and wonderful, but it's it's different than like the art that I used to do. So I think it was like, I hadn't done it in a while. And I went to yoga yesterday, which I think is an interesting catalyst for that. But I went to yoga. Do you normally go to yoga? No. So you did something different. You changed your perspective. Yeah. And I felt good. And I went home and I was scrolling Instagram. And a lot of times things on Instagram will inspire me too. But I just remember it was like 830 at night. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm in my room alone and it's 8 30 at night like I still have two hours before bed like let me just make something I need to like get something out of my body like cleanse it a little bit because it hasn't been like cleansed like forever yeah so then I just sat down and I started writing and it felt so good and then I wanted to make something so I made it well I think in most of these or some of them I ask if the guests believe that everyone can be creative because I, I I don't think I believe that everyone can and I think what it comes down to is Sure, people are capable of elevating what creativity they have in them, but not to the degree that people in this profession can. And I think what it comes down to is what happened to you. Anyone can can be creative, but we can't not be creative. Right. We can't go periods of time without making something, creating something, writing something, sketching something. Or just observing something differently. Right. Have you ever been walking down the street and you like point at something? to your friend and you're like that is so cool like do you see that thing like that is the best thing in the world and they're just like what are you talking about it's just the thing you know what i mean yeah 
but I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, you were saying just like <laughs> we we need it. Like we need to to make things and and talk about things, and we can't not be creative. And I think you were going back to whether and that's or not even it's what this 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 podcast right here. Person. That's what this is. I needed to create something new. I've done. I you know now I've been I've been working fifteen years. I've been doing this fifteen years. I needed to do something new that I've never done before. And I had never, one, I had never been on the forefront of things. I have always been a behind the camera guy. Always. Okay. I, you will not go back and find me in anything. I avoid photos. I but fight for that. just your voice. Yeah. Does but it, still, I hate my voice. Okay. <laughs> That's one of the reasons also why we all do. I, I we don't all like, do. I don't edit these much. Right. I just record them. have to listen to yourself. Clean up the front, clean up the back, throw it up online. Right. So I don't have to hear myself again. But we made something. Doesn't it feel good? It feels awesome. There's something about making something that just feels so much better than like anything. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I say um, not everyone can be creative, which I I do believe. Okay. But again, this podcast is about different forms of creativity. Right. And so people's creative self might not match to my perception of what creativity is, but they bring it to, they bring their creativity to life in different ways. So- so here we have writers. We have Jimmy who has an Instagram persona. So he puts himself into someone, another character to express himself creatively. Right. right? We have Jackie Montano who knows how to stage photography and she loves staging rooms and houses. And so she's helping me design my new house because that's how her creative energy comes to life. And it's interesting because I would think that's something I'd be excited about. How do I put my, my stamp on this new house of mine? And it freaks me the hell out. Really? It's more stressed out than I I think I felt in, in years What with the idea of putting furniture and decor and stuff like that yeah. into painting. I can't spend more than two minutes thinking about it and I, I start to freak out. Well, you don't have to. Are you nervous because you, you feel like you don't have a, that skill to like interior decorate? Do you feel like a pressure to have things match? Because fuck that. You should just have things all over your house that speak to you individually. And then when they come together, it's just this big It's It's extremely daunting to me. And maybe that's why a lot of people don't feel like they are creative because they think, well, I can't sketch and I don't, I can't write. And, you know, I can't draw and I, I don't know how to use Photoshop and I don't have podcasting equipment and I don't know how to make a movie. That's, that's Hollywood stuff. So and fear. so they just don't. So it's fear. Yeah. So fear- Lack of confidence. Is the thing that kills creativity. Yeah. Because even she, she asked for my, my style. She wanted to find my style so that she could find the right stuff for the house. And so she had me go on websites and just find like couches. I like that's just start there. Yeah. And I, I made it to the second page of couches. Hmm. And I was like, I can't do this. You just didn't like any or you were just freaking out? I didn't You're know what I should out. be looking for. I didn't know what I liked. I was like, I like a lot of them. I don't like a lot of them, but I don't know why. Hmm. There's no connection in my brain for a yes or correct or yes, move forward. This is exciting. None of those things are ha- none of those things are firing. It just is a- barriers and walls all around. Did you have a fear of picking a couch because you were scared that it wouldn't be the right one? I think there's certain elements of permanence to it, which yeah, which comes with the home process because I've always been very nomadic. I've always been. Hmm. Up until I moved, it started at Digital Surgeons. I lived in a new place every single year. Right. Every single year. I my life. Lo- telling me. Yeah. I always moved different countries, different cities, different apartments. I keep things at a minimum. I've sold everything I've owned before, everything I've owned except for a bag of clothes. Then I got all new stuff, lost it all in a flood. 
So I keep my stuff at a minimum. I'm, I've always been able to just get up and move. And now that's going away. I'm finally putting down roots. And that's a little scary. Now this is into therapy, no, not no, creative no, not exploration. I was just thinking about how to, what that means about creativity. Like, But we're going back to the fear thing. Like you're, you're scared. Well, so I, that's in, inhabiting your, your ability to be creative about this. Yeah. And I think thing. the the being a nomad is tied to my idea of creativity because I grew up reading Hemingway and Hunter S. Thompson and and I see these these guys who are going to Key West and they're going to Puerto Rico and they're they're Hunter S. Thompson is traveling as a journalist. This idea that the, the writing is out there. And so to put down roots means I'm giving up on the pursuit of writing in some sense. Some part of my brain gives me that message. And in a way you just sparked something else in my head about how we were just talking about why was I so why did I make something last night for the first time in a while because I did something new so all of these people that you looked up to that you just spoke about who traveled everywhere they were constantly surrounding themselves with new things like mm-hmm. that they were seeing and doing and and hearing and so maybe it truly is like doing new things sparks your creativity or like sparks that creative frenzy so I'm not sure how it relates to your furniture dilemma, but are you are you like nervous that you're not going to be as creative now that you're living in this house? But It goes back to something I said earlier. I think I'm always a little nervous about my creativity and losing it. You won't lose it. I think it's like, I think it. I've even mentioned it on past episodes. It's this idea that, and I think it's a writer's thing. I think because okay. you see like old writers and they fall into alcoholism and they're always based off of one great book or one great movie and- this idea that it's a gift that we can't control and won't come back to us. You know, the, the muse is gone. The words are, they won't come to the page when we ask for them. I wow. think that's something I've always feared. But maybe it's the fear of that that's really clouding your head and, and tricking you into thinking that you can't think of anything. Yeah. Like maybe the more scared you get about it. I think there's also an element of that fear is what drive can drive creativity. That, that fear is what drives the weird like the the effort. I'm afraid I will lose this, so I must do odd things. I must Interesting. push myself. I must grab a couple microphones in the studio and start asking people questions about creativity to spark myself. Interesting. I always thought when I had a fear to do something new, especially with little exercises, like use this new tool that you've never used before and make something in 30 minutes sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the f- Fear isn't what drives me. It's more like having to shake that fear off and then coming back to a place where you realize that it doesn't matter and nothing matters and we're on a rock (laughs) in space. And then you have to let go of that fear for me to be creative. So it doesn't drive me as much as I have to kind of rid it because it's just poisoning my brain and not allowing me to be creative. And you're saying maybe it's not the fear that, that drives you to do those things. Maybe it's you... Maybe it is though. I think there's a there's a creative mixture that all these conversations we're all having show the different elements of creativity. There's f- there's fear in it. There's also confidence, you know, and there's curiosity and there's problems and there's the effort of solving those problems. There's many different components right. of it. And there's, you know, the personal passion. Like I said, it's you will never find I will give you every notebook I have and you won't find a sketch on a single page of any of it. That's okay. You know, but that's someone else's creative. There's staging of a house. There's staging of a photograph. Freaks me the hell out. Those same people, you might never find books and scripts and random brain dump writing in their house. So there's there's individualism, individuality. Right. People are creative in different ways, yeah. whether they're using the creativity to solve a problem or to manifest an idea that's in their head that they need to get out. Right. 
I think those are the two ways that creativity is usually used, yeah. right? When it comes down to it. Yeah. And I see you now grabbing your notes. You have something you missed that you wanted to say? Well, that's what I wanted to say because at first I wasn't sure if creativity was seeing and thinking differently. I wasn't sure if it was problem solving. I wasn't sure if it was just an inner need to manifest something as a form instead of just keeping it in your head. But then I realized that I think that creativity is seeing and thinking differently in order to solve problems or in order to bring form to something like a thought that you just need to get out or like answer a question in your own head that you've been having. Because a lot of times you come to conclusions through process. The answer is never, never there until you start until you start work. What do you mean by you've come to the conclusion through process? You have either this task that you're given or this brief to solve a problem for either a company or you have an internal issue that you can't figure out. You can't make sense of it at all. So you have to start making in order to solve these problems. You just have to start making things and seeing what's feeling good and seeing what's not feeling good. I don't see that as process. That's you do it through doing, the act of doing. Yeah. Right? Versus process, I feel like it's the for me to do this. I must talk to this person. Then I must take notes and review my notes. Then I must do a free writing session. Then I must share that with someone else to get their feedback. Then I must revisit. It's like the step-by-step. That's process. I have created a process to get this thing done versus what you're saying is the, you, got, you just got to do it. The creative process. You just got to do it. You never yeah. know what the process looks like until you go back and then you gather it all together like a breadcrumb trail. Things that are meant to guide, streamline, and operationalize the work we do seems to me to be the antithesis of creativity. true creativity. Um, Before I wrap this up, do you have any questions for me? Do I have any questions about creativity? This is the only chance you'll ever get to ask them. The door is closed after we stop recording. Why is it so hard for creatives to kill their babies if by nature we are so extremely open-minded about everything and that's what got us here in the first place, which I think is really interesting. It's just about ownership and I guess it's called your baby if you have this idea that that you love so much it's considered your baby and you're supposed to be able to kill your babies. To actually create this baby, you have to have a level of confidence in your ability, in the craft, in the approach you took to solve a problem. And then for it to be challenged is a, a hit on that confidence and that assuredness that yes this is the right solution yes this is the right approach and yes this looks or sounds fucking good Mm -hmm. and so you put a lot of weight into that thing that baby and so for it to be challenged is a challenge to you or challenge against you as an entity yeah (laughs) as a earth as a creative right but if we were truly creative wouldn't we still remain open-minded even about our own ideas like if somebody said you know oh well maybe it would work better like this what what is it in us that's just like no like this is fine the way it is Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be touched this is great as opposed to like oh yeah like it could work better like that i guess there's moments where that happens too yeah but it's just funny to me how well then because we also have to then find the balance of yeah that 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 does make this better versus you just want to say because you wanted to play in this creative process like then it's up to us to pick what is really the right option sort of thing? I don't think there's a, a clear answer for it. I think yeah. there's, because even if you say, okay, well, there's going to be an arbiter. There's going to be a person who's standing on the outside who is in, but they're out. So let's say it's a creative director. And the creative director, they made the brief. They know the client. They're in this process. They can come in and say, it's not quite strong. It doesn't quite express that message. You could say, all right, well, that's a good approach. That's the one of the reasons this position exists. Mm-hmm. But then another issue is putting your fingerprint on something mm-hmm. that someone swoops in, they make changes, put their fingerprint on it, they make it their own. But does it make it better? You know, that you could argue no a lot of the time that there's one person who focused on this, who sweated over this work. And then to come in and go change that, 
move that, that's just changing right. it for the sake of changing it. Right. Sometimes, not all the time, it's best to just say, you're the creator. So I'll trust this thing that you made because you did it with purpose. I don't think anyone does that here, though. Right? Nobody puts their fingerprint on things like that. No, it's not we, bad here. Yeah. It's bad we're, some places. I we're think. really good at, I don't know. I think I get a lot of creative freedom here, which is which is really nice. And it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel more confident, which in turn mm-hmm. allows you to be a better creative and produce better work. But yeah, that would suck if somebody just like inked your baby. <laughs> You know, put a tattoo on your baby. Yeah, just right on her face. If I was naming these episodes, this one would be called Tattoos for Babies. Then you'd have to listen all the way to hear it, even to find out why we want to give tattoos to babies. I like it. All right. I think we rambled on a really long time. Yeah, you're going to have to edit this one. That's okay. Maybe just a little. Maybe just a little. Thanks for rambling with me. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for being the first person to disrupt the process entirely by by listening, hearing what questions I was going to ask, and then take notes. No problem. I like to be well prepared. All right. Thanks, James. Get back to work. Thanks.